well, I'm going to start today by doing something that I know you don't want me to do. It's a Monday. Can't get any worse than this. (laughs) Now, because this isn't a live show, we're not doing it every day. We don't record on the day that it comes out. We do, you know, yada, yada, yada. The date isn't not going to line up perfectly here for the listener. But happy freaking birthday, man. What doesn't line up perfectly for my birthday today anyway? No, I know. I would, I know. But I, that's what I'm saying because we're not a doesn't daily line up show. For them. It doesn't line up for us. I, well, fine. You know what? To hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> tried to do a nice thing, tried to show you that although your number one goal in life is to hide the date of your birthday and make it so that nobody knows when it is, I still I still know. I still <laughs> still have it, you know, earmarked. So There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You feel old? Uh no, I was thinking about it on over the weekend though. I was like I'm not I'm f- 39 so not quite 40 next year and 40 is kind of crazy you know it it gets the rep of being like once you're 40 you're over the hill yeah and and it and it hit me over the weekend that the likely reason people do that is because at that point for half of your life you've been an adult officially right yeah is is 40 the prostate exam is that do you have that lined up, like, in your near future? Is that what that is? No, I don't. Is but, it 40, uh, you know, 40, 45? Uh, a healthy prostate's a healthy guy, so I guess I should probably book that. <laughs> yeah, turn yourself into a candy apple and... Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. <sighs> the B team. Uh <laughs> My rapidly aging friend over there is Carl. Hey, you did the thing that Pete always does. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I, I've never done it. 300 some odd episodes, I've never done it. I was like, well, let me try it on, see if it fits. Uh, and that guy who is revealing national secrets is Brady. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, listen, this is our new show. We're here to talk about some news, but I do want to I want to talk about something first that is I mean, I guess technically news, but it's not movie news, but it's still like entertainment news in the world of things that you and I are are into and interested in. Man, I spent like the last 3 or 4 days this is like the season of of um, video game industry people dancing on the grave of E3, first of all, and and just doing their own thing and showcasing what they got and and putting out all this content. Have you been watching any of it? Have you found time to to watch? No, any of I don't watch it like I used to. I um like I worked for two years at Inibi Games. And when I was working for those two years, like I made sure to watch like the whole damn thing and, and kind of, it set a kind of a precedent in my life because also because I enjoy video games thoroughly that, uh, I would watch the whole thing. Um, after I had left EB games and that has kind of slowly dwindled off and kind of, 
E three was kind of dying out before COVID. Oh, for sure. Came. You and had COVID just people like was the nail and the, the final Sony nail was in like, the yeah, we're not. Sony was like, we're going to do our own thing. We we don't really have anything but, to show. We're not going to come. Yeah, <laughs> like, I pretty much for like the last five years, I pretty much just YouTube the 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 bits that I want to watch. Right, you scan for the trailers the, whole, the next day. Type the whole thing. Yeah. Google. Well, so I'll give you a little update then. Um. So a couple days ago was Summer Games Fest, which is kind of like the phoenix out of the ashes of E3 in some ways. I, you know, I don't know. It was like a two-hour, if that, presentation. They maybe showed like five or six games. Um, Alan Wake 2 was kind of maybe the like most AAA thing there. Um, there was, oh, well, I, they, their big emphasis, they were like, I don't know. It was so disappointing. It was such a disappointing presentation. Cause they were like, you know, and then, Ooh, at the end of this, at the end of our showcase today, we've got a really big special surprise thing that you're like, you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to miss, right. You're going to want to be here for it. So like throughout the presentation they showed, yeah, Alan Wake too. They showed um, Nicholas Cage showed up on stage, and he was he was there because he's like the new playable character in in um, whatever Death by Daylight or whatever it is, um, Dead by Daylight. (laughs) So it was kind of like, and you could tell the guy's never played a video game in his life; like he did not belong there. Um, But that's fine. Trying to recreate um, that Keanu Reeves magic from yeah, kind of the announced cyber when Cyberpunk was yeah Cyberpunk was released. So that happened. They had um, the new the <coughs> hype and trying to hype up the new Mortal Kombat, um, which is not Mortal Kombat twelve, but it's, it's Mortal like Kombat reboot. one because we're rebooting and we don't know how to count and you know whatever it is and um, <laughs> and then we're and we're sitting there and I'm watching it with a coworker. And, um, and cause we're supposed to be working and, um, <laughs> and we're like hypothesizing, like, what is this big reveal going to be? Right. And he had had a theory for a while because he knew that they were planning some big special reveal at the end of this thing. And he was like, it's going to be GTA six. He's like, it's been leaked so many times. It's a thing that's going to break the internet. It's been like 10 years since the last one is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they're going to come out. They're going to have this. They've been living on GTA online for years, GTA (laughs) online. And then they tried to like redo that with, with red dead online and red dead online was a total flop and blah, blah, blah. And so we're like, Oh yeah. Like maybe that's what that'll be. Um, I kind of thought like, Oh, you know, maybe they'll break the internet and finally be like, Hey, and, um, the new splinter cell comes out in two months. And and here you go. And so, but then I was like, ah, but Ubisoft's got their own thing coming up. So they would save it for that. So I I don't know, you know, the big reveal was a freaking trailer for the new Final Fantasy. (laughs) A game that people already knew was like, it's, it's the second part of the remake of Final Fantasy VII or whatever yeah. one. They re- it's, it's so not it's a, like a true reveal. And no, in, it wasn't a reveal at all. What the word means. <laughs> it wasn't a reveal at all. It was garbage. So then it's yesterday. Like, it's like Marvel going, we're, we're making another Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh. Woo. 
yeah, so, okay, we knew you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So then yesterday was the Xbox showcase. And I was like, okay, because I'm gonna, you and I were Xbox guys, right? Yeah. And in the, in the console wars that is Xbox versus PlayStation, and so I was like, I was like hyped, but I, you know, I didn't know. Like, you know, admittedly, I'll be the first to say that not so much in the past, but more recently, Xbox pales in comparison when it comes to. Uh, console exclusives game games exclusive to the console they have Um, struggled which is why they're trying to buy up some other studios now i would say in the past that that wasn't necessarily the case when you had things like mass effect gears of war fable like all of these like halo you know what have you those were splinter cell those were strong exclusive franchises um but you know whatever um Man, Xbox Showcase was incredible yesterday because it was like a two-hour presentation, and I would say out of those two hours, maybe 20 minutes had was like a presenter on the stage. The rest of it was just like trailer drop, trailer drop, trailer drop, and they didn't like cut back to the stage at all. It was just like it was just like watching a montage of trailers, and it would go world premiere, and then the new trailer would play. And then it, after I would say half of the trailers, definitely after all of the Xbox Studio ones, after a couple of the Bethesda ones, you know, they all said like, um, available to play day one on Game Pass. So yesterday was just about Xbox selling Game Pass memberships. But I think they like, you know, yeah. (laughs) Whether it was the new Fable trailer which is like they've taken it in an entirely different direction. New studio doing the new Fable, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that looked really good. A new Star Wars game, Star Wars Outlaws, which is like you're not a Jedi. You're like a, a smuggler or something. It looks like it could be sort of the spiritual successor to what 1313 was supposed to be. Maybe. Um, kind of built off the bones of what they had created for that. But so that all looked awesome. Obviously, you had a, a big presentation for the new upcoming Starfield game that everyone's all hyped about. Um, sea of Thieves expansion, which I was like, eh, I don't know. I, you know, Sea of Thieves never really hit for me. Uh, sea of Thieves Monkey Island. They're bringing Monkey Island back and they're doing it as a Sea of Thieves thing. So that was... That's a cool crossover. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. City Skylines 2, um, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024, an all-new game, um, this time including, like, story missions and career modes. So, like, in the trailer, it was showing, like, you can be a fire rescue thing. You can be an air ambulance helicopter. You can be a a plane with drones attached to it that's like out there filming tornadoes and doing scientific research. You can be a hot air balloon dude. You can be like a like it was just this like onslaught of like, hey, you know, we made this wicked awesome game that looks incredible and feels incredible and lets you fly around. But aside from flying around, we didn't really give you a lot of meat. 
now we're taking that and we're building on it and we're we're back, you know creating a, a game for you to to work through and play so that was yesterday that was incredible it was a lot of fun and i'm leaving like a hundred games out in in all of that um and then I just paused. It's, it's actually live right now is the Ubisoft forward presentation. And I assume they're saving the best for last because I watched about half an hour of it. And it was like, oh, there's like a Just Dance thing. They've announced a new Prince of Persia game. They showed a little bit of footage from that. So that was, I, I, that's kind of hype. That'll get some people excited. Um, there was some new, like, looked like a PUBG style type game that was like game as a service type, I, I don't know, Ubisoft's crap where they're like, you know, and here's our year one content. Here's our year two content and buy into this membership and do, and, and no one in the crowd is cheering. Everyone's just like, oh, great. <laughs> like, more ways of money sucking but there was nothing there was nothing there about like assassin's creed yet or anything like that but it was i it was painful watching because they brought a guy they kept bringing people out on stage and you could tell in the script that they had put together that there were moments that they had pre-baked into to pause for clapping or pause for the laughter or pause for what and this room is dead like nobody's and they're just like you can just watch this guy's like confidence yeah. level tanking yeah well the other yeah and and you know that's part of that will probably be because the people in the room are industry professionals who who play games as well that's why they're in the industry they're in but it t- takes a lot more for them to get hyped and that that kind of showcase sounds like a traditional E3 showcase where you yeah. have run of the mill fans who don't work in the industry who who feed who you can feed into that kind of um, audience hype by doing that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they're mm-hmm. the ones that will get hyped and create that yeah. uproar. The industry people, they're they're harder to um, get excited in that yeah. way Cause because like the one guy they, was like they oh, know you know, what you're I selling worked on this project doing. blah 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 and then he name drops he's like um far cry 3 blood dragon and then there's like crickets and he's like okay uh and <laughs> like he just like he's actually he was kind of i don't know he was kind of actually letting it show that he was like wow this is really awkward <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to get off of this stage. Anyways, so that's just a little, you know, it's that's what my last couple of days off have been. Uh, have been, yeah, getting hyped about some games. Still, I mean, excited that we got Fable. Still sitting here reeling, waiting for a new Splinter Cell. I mean, Ubisoft has done nothing if not tease Sam Fisher relentlessly over the past 10 years. Well, yeah, uh, uh, injecting him into other properties of Rainbow Six Siege and Ghost Recon. <laughs> yeah, like, injecting him into other properties, okay. and then like you're there was keeping, a modern you're keeping day. Keeping our palates wet here, but give us like we're sick of drinking water. Give us the main course. <laughs> yeah, there was a. Mo- I, I don't know if it this was isn't Origins. Even an appetizer. <laughs> I don't know if it was Assassin's Creed Origins or um, Odyssey, but there's there's 
there's like a, a modern day storyline where you're like out walking around your like exploring your assassin's hideout where your little mini bootleg animus is set up and you can see like the third echelon goggles are sitting right there on the desk and like yeah just like this relentless like you know we haven't forgotten yeah we haven't forgotten it's like yeah. okay well, well yeah, the that's, week. that's like an easter egg but like rainbow six siege just had like storylines with sam fisher he was in that he was in ghost recon um, yeah wildlands or breakpoint or something had him show up in a breakpoint yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, and, and Wildlands, too, I think. Yeah. All right. So let's no, dive just, into just today's news. Actual yeah, movie. People aren't here to news. listen to video games. This isn't a video. What are you doing, Brady? You just wasted, what, 15 minutes of people's time. They're they're sitting in their chairs or they're listen, doing their work, and they're like, just get on with it. I don't care about video games. Tell me about the news of movie world. Tell me what... what uh, what uh, what's happening with the Flash? That's your segue. Okay, so uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as we alluded to last week, and Carl just kind of alluded to now, um, it was reported. It came out um, from the direct that the Flash Two already has a script. That a script was written for the Flash Two. Um. The movie that hasn't come out yet, which is not, that's not uncommon for like a superhero franchise kind of thing like this. What does make it a little like, huh, is two things. One, obviously, is all of the controversy and hubbub surrounding Ezra Miller. Um, so that's number one. Number two... The other thing that makes it kind of strange is uh, we're still kind of in this limbo period of who is sticking around in the new James Gunn universe and who isn't. Um, yeah, because it's not as clear cut as we originally thought. Right. It's so confusing. <laughs> it's so confusing. So there's a couple of things worth mentioning here. Number one is just because there's a script doesn't mean it's going to be turned into a movie, right? You can have it. You can have a script, and that's all fine and dandy. But that's you know until the movie's in theaters, you don't have a movie. Um, you know, people people would argue, well, until the film's shooting. You know, once the film's shooting, well, tell that to the Batgirl movie, <laughs> right? Like, that thing was finished, and... Tell that was, to the unreleased Fantastic Four film. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's number one. Number two is this movie, The Flash, that's coming out next month, this end of this month... This month. Getting a next month? It's we're like weeks away. Yeah. Weeks away. It started beginning in or it started filming in early 2021. Before this week. Before the um before the Ezra Miller stuff happened, for the most part. I think there may have been one incident prior to filming, but it was it certainly wasn't the onslaught that is now. So 
this film started shooting years ago. Before the Ezra Miller stuff, before the James Gunn takeover, before any of that. And so we don't what what we know is that there's a script. What we don't know is how recently was that script written. Because if this thing started shooting in April of 2021, and the script for the second one was completed. They're like, oh, you know, this is super sick, and this is what we're doing, and we're, you know, cameras are filming now, and blah, 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 and we know where we want to go with this. And so if this script, the second script, was written in July of 2021, and it just, you know, it just so happens that we're only finding out about it now, that's entirely plausible. And it, and it also gives credence to the idea that we're not going to see the Flash two, <laughs> right? Like it, there is a script, great. There's a script for a lot of things. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean we're going to get yeah. it. I don't yeah. think like, we're going to get it. Yeah, it, it, I don't think this we, film's happening. Even if we get a Flash two with that title. It won't be Ezra. It's it's more than likely it will be drastically different than the original script. Like, because we're like, James Gunn took over in November. Yep. As head of DC's animated or cinematic universe. That, like, that, there's, uh, it's highly likely, like, the chances are extremely good that this script was written before James Gunn sat down yeah, I'd bet chair. a hot dog on it yeah and so that being said you know like this this is kicking off James Gunn's universe James Gunn and uh, they they've said un, un, unashamedly that this does connect to their new universe yeah They're using that it kind this flashpoint of... rebuilt to restart the DC yeah. universe yeah it's the connective tissue. Yeah, but that between the old and the new. Yeah, that doesn't mean that f- the the Flash Two script is going to happen. And again, if it does, James Gunn's going to take a hacksaw machete and chainsaw to it, and then glue it back together with a bunch of other stuff. It's, there's it's going to look n- much different than whatever the script is currently. There's no way. There is no way that Ezra Miller, just because James Gunn is a smart guy, I believe, <laughs> and I don't I. It's possible. Anything is possible. It is possible that they would keep Ezra Miller around. However, I will tell you this: if they do. And it wouldn't matter who's coming back. And and because I say this all the time. I, 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 I hark on people all the time who say stuff like this. And I think this is a little bit different. And I do genuinely, because I believe most of the time when people say this, they don't mean it. I do mean this. This film, this film was shot before all the Ezra Miller crap. And so you can't hold that against the film. And you can't hold it against James Gunn or this new regime at Warner Brothers because this was in this oh, this whole Ezra Miller thing is something that the new 
leadership at Warner Brothers inherited. They inherited this problem. This isn't their problem. It's it's the old Warner Brothers problem where Ezra started showing up in the news and Warner Brothers policy was, well, we're just not going to say anything about it. We're just going to sweep that under the rug and we're going to, which only served to enable Ezra, like Ezra was never put in check. He was never put in place. If they announce after this film that there's a new Flash movie coming out three years from now, two and a half years from now. We've already started working on it behind the scenes, super secret, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're, we're fast pacing, fast tracking this new film. And Ezra Miller's our Flash. I will not go see it. Hmm. I won't. Um, really? I won't. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who's in it. it doesn't on matter the base, if, on if, the basis of his conduct in real life. On the basis of that. So if if they make that announcement six years from now, and Ezra has taken some accountability, has taken responsibility, and has. Um, has faced the consequences of their actions and and has done the necessary work. Because I love a comeback story as much as the next guy, right? And I, and I hope for Ezra Miller that there is a comeback. Maybe even as The Flash seven, eight years from now. But if they announce tomorrow that we're fast-tracking with Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller has yet to face any of the consequences that are coming as a result of their actions, then not not in not in an against Ezra Miller thing will I boycott this film. I will boycott this film because what it will show to me is that Warner Brothers still has their heads up their asses. That Warner yeah, so Brothers not only so you're saying what you're saying is you will do it on the basis that not only has Ezra Miller potentially not uh, dealt with the consequences and met the consequences of his actions. And but neither is Warner those, Brothers. But Warner Brother is turning a blind eye to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At which point that, I will not so that, support that That makes film. some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because so for me, for me, I'm, and it's less of a, a I love a comeback story and more of a, I, I am an individual that believes everybody deserves a path to redemption. So yes. I, I'm kind of, I would be in a very similar seat to you. I wouldn't watch it if it comes out a year or two for now, but uh, the article you linked to me that we're, that we're referring to for this, this, the, there's a comment there that says gun and saffron who, we keep every time we talk about the new DC universe, we always leave Saffron out of the conversation. Well, it's because Gunn's universe. He's, yeah, only but, because Gunn <laughs> is the creative guy in all of this. Well, and he's and the more Saffron, recognizable name. Yeah, and Peter. So Gunn, James Gunn, kind of came out and said himself. Like someone was asking, like, what is what's what's the comparison between the job that you and Peter Saffron do? versus Kevin Feige. Like, are you guys just the Kevin Feige? And they said, well, the difference is that 
Kev that that James Gunn is responsible for the story, is responsible for the narrative moving forward, and and you know what's going to happen narratively. Um, Peter Safran is responsible for all of the logistical paperwork, businessman, yeah, bureaucratic split the stuff. Into to lighten the load. Yeah, and they and they said and somehow, and we don't know how. Kevin Feige does both of those roles. <laughs> He's yeah. like he he does both. Any, but anyway, back back to my original thing. The the article says that Gunn and Safford have said that in their conversations with Miller, Ezra Miller, that he's fully committed to recovery. So you know, like recovery takes time, <laughs> like a year or two for like what he's kind of going through and has done. That seems like a rush. So yeah, five, six years from now, if there's a flash to Ezra Miller's The Flash, I'm down. Like Robert Downey Jr. was like an alcoholic, no good Nick. And oh, he's look a cocaine at he guy. Now. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody deserves a path to redemption. Even yeah. oh shoot, what's his name? Kang. Um uh, Jonathan his, Majors. Jonathan Majors. I had his name in my head earlier yeah. in this conversation. Like if if it turns out that uh, judge and jury say he's innocent, uh, I'm up. Uh, yeah, let him continue to be Kang. If he's yeah. guilty and then he does his time and he serves his sentence and he, you know, he does everything that the courts deem him to need to do. Yeah, I still think there's a path to redemption for him to be an actor again. I mean, he's not going to oh, be Kang because sure. no, because Marvel will have long moved on. Once he's served all yeah. that, but can't wait for that. But. I, yeah, like let him act again. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that all that being said, as well, I would be just as happy if Ezra Miller was never Flash again. I just, I know you're I not. Don't a fan think of he's a Flash. bad actor, but I just, I don't like him as the Flash. Yeah, I, he doesn't. Yeah. For me, he doesn't fit that mental image. Uh, both kind of as the way he kind of looks, but also kind of his, the way he portrays the flash. So he's not my flash. Yeah. I think he did an all right job in what I've seen him as the flash so far, but I would, I would not um, be heartbroken if he was recast. There's someone I watch online a lot who, um, who talks about who who is a big Fla- uh, Ezra Miller Flash fan, but is is completely on the same page as me when it comes to like, but Ezra is done, like you can't you can't have him as a Flash again, at least not for a very long time with you know all the 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 fixings that need to be done. Um, yeah, I would say minimum but he says, five years if he does the work. Yeah, but one of his def- one of the things that he often cuz people one of the things that people have hated on Ezra Miller for as the Flash is his running stance. Right? People like to goof on Ezra and go like, "Oh, I look so look at the way he runs as the Flash." Like it's it's just like that's not how someone runs. That's that's weird and it's 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 it more like jarring looks like he's and blah, skating. Blah, blah. And this uh, this guy online who I like to watch is like, okay, tell me, tell me, show me a comparison where we can justifiably say that is not how someone who runs faster than the speed of light runs. 
This is this like, is how the speed me. force works. <laughs> yeah, that's like I'm like yeah, yeah. okay yeah and, good and point. Good like point. I'll say his running isn't what kills it for me. It's more like just his person his he how he looks and how like he doesn't in my mind look like what Wally. I know he doesn't play Wally West. He plays Barry Allen. Um, Barry Allen. Even Barry Allen. I don't know. He just doesn't look like. Barry Allen or Wally West or any of the flashes in my head. So it does, it just doesn't work for me. I know that's that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Um, In the world of the MCU, you and I have talked at great length about some of the recent disappointments that we've had Mm -hmm. um, and how the track record (laughs) with the MCU has gone from what it was which was, it was a weird day in Texas if a bad MCU film came out. Like, yeah. for the most part, e- you could even bet the worst, that bank. Even the bad ones were still good. They were still pretty good. More recently, it's been a little bit of a crapshoot. It's been a little bit of a, I don't know. I don't know what we're getting, right? Hopefully it's good. Hopefully I don't walk out disappointed, but I don't. it's the MCU, so I don't know anymore. Um, and two of those that we have talked about, one that I don't think is a bad movie, it was just a big letdown, was Thor Love and Thunder. Thor Love and Thunder has redeeming qualities, it's enjoyable, I still enjoyed it, um, but it, it missed the mark. Um, and we've said, because it, it got too goofy, it lost the balance that existed so perfectly in Thor Ragnarok between yeah. humor and super serious stuff. And because I just recently rewatched Thor Ragnarok. It's a dark movie, man. Like yeah, Odin but dies. It doesn't, let it, it doesn't let that darkness hang. It, it throws a punchline in yeah. before it sinks in. But like Odin dies, Thor's hammer gets destroyed. Thor loses an oh, eye. Right. Asgard is destroyed. <laughs> like it's. Yeah. So it's, I thought you were talking about Love and Thunder there, but no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that one is, is very it, dark. Per- perfect balance. Yeah. Though. Thor Love and Thunder was just goofy. Like they yeah. just, you could tell they were having a lot of fun making this movie, but that it was just goofy the yeah. other one that it, we crap on well hang, hang on the, it, the comparison between the two is like if you look at the storyline for love and thunder it's also a very dark storyline jane it has cancer. Jane's got cancer kids get captured captured and are going to be sacrificed you're like there's some dark content in there but like i said when you were talking about ragnarok and i thought you were talking about love and thunder is it, they don't let that darkness sink in and take root and yeah. and have a moment. You don't. There's no moment to breathe. They 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 bring levity in to relieve that moment before it hits that deep spot inside you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that we crap on, and not in the same way that we crap on Thor: Love and Thunder, because like I said, you know, I think Thor: Love and Thunder is is it's a good movie. It's just it's not. It was just a letdown. It just had a lot of problems. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a bad movie. <laughs> like, I, uh, it's bad. It was, it was just, it was not good. It was not good. There are good yep. moments in it. 
Jonathan Major's performance in it is fantastic. Fantastic. But it's a bad movie. And one of the things that we said during our review of it was it felt like they forgot what the Ant-Man franchise was about. Because the first two Ant-Man movies, which are pretty good, are smaller, closer to home, happening in your backyard kind of stories. Right? They feel they feel more I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? You get what I'm saying though, right? That they they're they're not like this massive scale movie. It's like, oh, you know, this this we got to stop this other guy from from using the pim particle attack or we yeah. got to we got to rescue Janet from the quantum zone. Yeah. And there's some and then Ant-Man and the Wasp line stories in there with like ghost and Yeah, and then Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp Quantumania was like, oh the whole world is at like it's the end of everything and it was just this massive it felt like an Avengers level threat. But in an Ant-Man movie and it just yeah, it and missed. it wasn't it wasn't even like our world. It was like the quantum realm was at threat. Yeah, and then by by association, if Kang gets loose, the world's at threat. Then the world, um, and someone who agrees with not only those two movies being an issue, um, but also kind of agrees with the reasoning that we've laid out in the past is Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth, um, in two separate interviews he kind of craps on both of these films, starting with Thor, Love and Thunder. He says, um, uh, it, it just got too goofy. It got too silly. He says, we, you know, we had a lot of fun making it, but I think we lost sight of. Yeah. I of cringe and laugh. The story we're it, supposed to tell. Said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think we just had too much fun. (laughs) We just had too much fun, right? That it was, it was, it was over the top goofy, and and that yeah, that that Thor's kind of lost. Like through that, Thor's kind of lost his his you know being able to be taken seriously aspect. Um, Also, talking about. Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, he said, and this is uh, this is so on point. He says, uh, the MCU veteran explains, since the MCU has been dealing with world-ending stories for so many movies now, that the story for an Ant-Man movie has to be a bit more personal and grounded. That's the trick. You have to separate all those stories. The moment it's like, the world is in danger, the entire universe, it's like, yeah, so it was in the last 24 films. It's become yeah. a bit more pers- it has to become a bit more personal and grounded. Um yeah. which is I, what I the first two movies were. Yeah, I would add to that that you hurt your big culmination films because of that same reason. Sure. Yeah, so so all the so the in, the the one-off the the individual hero films were world-ending universe-ending films as well. So what what's the difference here? If the individual yeah. dealt with it, then together it's a no problem. There's no there's no stakes at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm relieved to hear Chris Hemsworth saying this. 
Like at first, at first <laughs> I saw uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth is crapping on Marvel movies. He's like this entitled, now thinks he's bigger than the franchise kind of actor, blah, blah, blah. And I started reading into it. And I was like, no, he's um, he's got it. <laughs> well, he does it in a very tactful way here too. Like he's he's he is calling he's calling out those two movies for what they are, but at the yeah. same time, he's not making a, an arse of himself or the MCU by doing so. No, no. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, and and in a way that I don't think. You know, sometimes actors come out and they say things and then the studio's like, oh, Chris, we wish you hadn't said that. Now we have to slap your wrist. We're not going to work with you anymore. Uh, I don't I don't see these as being those types of comments. No. I don't think um, I don't think he's if there is a future for Thor in the MCU, if there's a Thor five or I think we're all assuming that Thor is going to show up in um, Kang Dynasty um, and probably secret wars I, I don't think this i don't think this hurts those possibilities at all yeah cool um ahsoka oh boy a character who i became familiar with largely thanks to you um with constant recommendations to watch clone wars and then i finally watched all of clone wars um in prep for watching uh, what did I do it in prep for watching Bad Batch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was like the weirdest. It was like oh, I'm gonna watch this amazing show so that I can prepare for this big steaming pile of dog shit. Um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So Ahsoka, very beloved character from from some of the Star Wars animated features, who is now um made several appearances in the live action Mandalorian verse and is getting her own show as we saw a trailer for a couple months ago now, but you and I both like fanboyed over this trailer. Like that yeah. was a good trailer. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, Ooh, this is like mm, heir to the empire. It wasn't just when she said that. I mean that, that made us all pee a little, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was still like outside of that. It's just a fantastic trailer, and looks like essentially just a live action sequel series to Rebels, because you've got all those characters from Rebels that we've only ever seen in animated form that are now coming over into live action. Well, the question's been up in the air for a little while now. Great, it's coming. It looks amazing, but when? Is it coming? Well, we now know that the series will premiere on Disney Plus on August 23rd of 2023. So mark your calendar, both the listener and you, Carl, because that's, you know, that'll be the week that our Ahsoka series. <laughs> yeah, starts. we might have to delay that. Why? Where are you going to be? Well, I'm, I'll have no, you're going to be on vacation. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. What is, you know. August 23rd. Yeah. We I'll might, get us. We'll, we'll, we'll probably be able to do <laughs> letting letting everybody else in on our our insider secrets. I'll, we'll, I'll probably be able to do that the first episode, 
but the next episode I'll be away and then we'll have to do like a back to back. That's fine. That's why I will just yeah. Then we'll be That's back fine. on track. I'll get us Don't you worry, know what everybody. I'll do. We got you covered. You know what I'll do? I will just we'll um I will email Kathleen Kennedy and I will get us like two week early access to all the episodes. Yeah, she's on the way out the door. Email someone else. No, she still got she still knows the passwords though. Right? <laughs> Exactly. That's that's the one reason why this may work is because what does she care? She's like, oh, yeah, sure. It's a small internet movie podcast. Here you go. Here's the whole show. Here's the show. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the script. Here's the script for uh, the upcoming Ray film. Go for it. Have at her. <laughs> Man. Yeah, okay, I'm going to send that email. Um, no, it's never going to happen. Uh, listen, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for this. It looks like it's, what is that? The 23rd is a Wednesday, which is keeping with sort of the release dates uh, that Star Wars has done up until this point with their shows. Um, so that makes sense. What I, what I don't see in this article is two things. Number one, how many episodes is it going to be? Mm. How long are they going to be? <laughs> and how long are they going to be? Because if if you could criticize Star Wars, live action Star Wars, Disney Plus shows for anything, I mean, you can criticize them for a lot of things in some cases, um, but... One of those things is, A, one week you get, hey, the new episode's out. It's 27 minutes long. Okay. Last week's was an hour and 10. (laughs) Okay. And the next week, oh, next week's is 41 minutes long. Like, it, it does not make any sense to me how they've done this. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It, as a viewer, it makes me, I mean, I get excited whenever I click on it. I'm like, oh, we got an hour long episode today. Sick. Like they've actually given us an adult sized candy bar of an episode. But then I'm so disappointed that I I feel gypped. You feel cheated when you click on it and you're like, oh, it's 27 minutes this week. Okay. I I'll just watch this real quick and then <laughs> wait another week for more. Like, why? Like, why? It just, it seems like poor writing and storytelling to me, but, you know, yeah. it's neither here nor there. Um, how excited are you? Uh, I'm I'm very excited. On the, the length of the show, though, like, I yeah, I agree. Like, you're t- we're talking Star Wars here. People are going to sit through an hour show. <laughs> Make it an hour. Use mm-hmm. Use that time to your benefit. And of the yeah. story's benefit. But yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I I still have a lot of faith in Dave Filoni and his what he's doing. And I just, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope Kathleen Kennedy doesn't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. I definitely place a lot of blame on her for where Star Wars is at. <laughs> both right. on the screen and on the small screen. Yeah. Small. So anyway, yeah, I'm right. excited for it. It's a character Moving. I, I've fallen in love with. He's, she's definitely like one of my favorite star Wars characters right now. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
It's just fantastic, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I hope in this show that we get some real hard callbacks to Clone Wars, and to you know whether it's oh man, we could see like remember the flashbacks they did in Obi Wan. With yeah, like I think we'll get Wars some era. of that. I think I think it's gonna fo- uh, probably focus more on what happened in Rebels, though. Uh, or probably. probably both, like uh, maybe an equal portion of both. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, then there's even like we don't know much about this show, and it's not like I, I, I'm fifty fifty right now as to whether or not you're going to click on to one of these episodes one week and go, holy shit, it's Hayden Christensen. <laughs> totally, it would. it's totally possible, right? If they did a flashback, mm. totally yeah, plausible that cool. they could do that. Like what they did All right. in Obi-Wan, yeah. Mm. Moving on, and back to the Flash and the Ezra Miller situation. Um, today is the day. As of, as of the day that we're recording this, today is the day, June 12th, it's the Flash premiere in Los Angeles. It's happening. Crazy. Yep. Crazy that this is finally Friday. here. Yeah, crazy that it's finally here. Like, mind-blowing that it's finally here. Ever since I was a small child and I heard that Michael Keaton was coming back for this movie, <laughs> I have been just beside myself in excitement chatting it up to people, telling people why they're wrong about other about Christian Bale, right? It's just, oh, I'm so excited. So excited. Well, one of the things that was kind of up in the air and we were kind of questioning for a very long time as movie fans was, you know, when it comes to releasing a film, there's, there's quite a... a press tour that happens. You have your actors, you have your director, you have whoever that go on different talk shows, they do interviews, they show up at the premiere, and they talk to people on the red carpet, and they hype the film, and they talk about their experiences. And one of the questions has been, where will Ezra Miller fall into all of this? Because for a while, the question was, well, are they going to even, like, what are they going to do with this movie? Are they going to release it? And if they do release it, are they going to release it in theaters? Are they going to dump it on HBO Max and try to just like sweep this thing under the rug? Like, what do you do at this point? Well, and we found out, yes, it is getting a theatrical release. And we started seeing some posters and some trailers for the film that definitely seemed like they featured less of Ezra than they could have initially. But then our more recent trailers, Ezra is featured very prominently. And so yeah, the question was the question was just that. What do you do with Ezra Miller as far as getting him out there and promoting this movie? Well, we now have our answer. I mean, there has been no there has been no talk show appearances by Ezra Miller. There has been no interviews with Ezra Miller kind of, you know, staying as low-key as possible right now. And we've now found out that today, Ezra Miller will be in attendance at the premiere, 
which I think I think makes sense. I think you you kind of have to do, you kind of have to have your lead your lead in the film there. Otherwise, it just looks real shaky for for the film. For the same reason that I think, like I think it's fully possible that James Gunn and everybody else knows that Ezra Miller will never be the Flash again. But you don't say that right now. What you say right now is, uh, you know, we're just kind of, you know, people ask like, oh, is Ezra Miller going to be the Flash again? And your diplomatic proper response, good PR response is... He's the Flash for now. <laughs> what? No, you just say like Ezra's committed to working on recovery and blah, blah, blah. And that's where the focus yeah. is. Because if you come out and you say, Ezra Miller will never be the Flash again, even if that is the truth behind the scenes, if you come out and you say, Ezra Miller will never be the Flash again, well, it hurts this film. Yeah. Because then people are going, well, why am I going to go see this? Yeah. All the quotes in this article you linked me about this sound just like that. Yeah. Like, they don't... They're, They're... they may have been words that came out of Ezra's mouth in some variation, oh, but no, more than likely, they're... it's just some studio PR guy. Yeah, yeah it's written saying, by the studio. This is what you tell people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we found out that while Ez- although Ezra will be at the premiere today, Ezra essentially has a gag order <laughs> from the studio. <laughs> Right, that you are, you are going to be there, but you are not to stop and talk to anyone on the red carpet. You are not to do any interviews. You are to keep your head down and keep walking, and and that's the way this is going to work. Um, and this doesn't surprise me, and I think this is absolutely the right thing to do i think it's the thing that you have to do because i'll tell you right now if ezra miller was walking down the red carpet and had full full green light to go do some interviews and mingle with the people and talk and do whatever um the questions that the reporters are going to be asking ezra miller are not questions about the flash it's not going to be what was it like to work with michael keaton what can you tell us about the, the the suit that you're wearing? What did you do in preparation for this role? No, it's going to be so, uh, what are your thoughts on on beating people up? How do you feel about breaking into houses and stealing alcohol? That's that is what these questions are going to be, and it's going to take this premiere it's going to take all of the hype surrounding this film at the premiere and it's going to spin it in a way that warner brothers does not want it spun and so in my opinion not only was this the right thing to do it was really kind of the only thing to do um carl you hear all this you hear ezra miller is going to be at the premiere not allowed to talk I've given my thoughts on why and what would happen if he was allowed to talk. Um, what are your thoughts? You can't let him say anything. You can't. You can't. And and I think th- this coming to light is indicative of Ezra Miller's current mental health. 
or else you would let him talk. <laughs> and you and I both know some people, a couple people who have some mental health issues. And when those issues kind of flare up or the, the meds kind of wear off or they stop taking them or whatever the case is, they can say some pretty weird stuff. <laughs> yep. And you, you can't, I mean, so this, I think this is definitely the studio kind of playing defense or actually no, it'd be more playing offense. They're, they're, they're getting ahead of a situation mm -hmm. to make sure that Ezra doesn't say something damning that will hurt the film and hurt their profit margin. But also I think there's a kindness in it as well to help save Ezra from himself. So I don't know. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Cause like I said, even if, even if Ezra is completely, you know, in a good headspace right now and is there and is ready to talk the film and is whatever, those aren't the questions that Ezra is going to be getting. Right. Yeah. People are just going to be <clears throat> yeah. asking questions about True. all the crap. Yeah. You know? But I think, I think if he, if he were in a fine and norm, like a, a, as good as you can get mental health situation, you wouldn't you wouldn't gag order him because he wouldn't field those questions. He'd be like, "I'm not I'm not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the film." Yeah, like he would he would have the the conscience of mind to not do that. Like, I I we don't know where his mental health is at, right? So you're st you're keeping him from talking about that situation, but also he could walk up to a reporter potentially and do and and say anything. Sure. Right? Yeah. You don't, you don't know what, even if the reporter doesn't bring that up and wants to talk about the film, Ezra could talk about something crazy or bring that topic up himself. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think the, the other thing is like, it'd be interesting to like watch the red carpet and see who's walking with Ezra. Like, is it two big burly guys in suits or is it like, mm. are they, or do they play it a little bit more, um, sly and like have a pretty girl on his arm who's who plays who kind of keeps him away from people you know what i mean like somebody's gonna be there to make sure ezra doesn't talk to people <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah it'd be no, interesting sure. to see how they do that <laughs> yeah cool all right well moving on uh was maybe last week or the week before we talked about a potential zelda movie that that kind of seemed like the next logical place for for Nintendo to go. Yeah. After the Super Mario movies, Super Mario Brothers movie, kind of, you know, just very nonchalantly, no big deal, became the second highest grossing animated film of all time. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Just, a, just another just a day at the small office. Small blip on the radar. Yeah, no, you know, just uh, whatever. Yeah, take it in strife. Um, yeah, it uh, it kind of now seems like that's becoming more of a reality than than we thought it might have been even last week. Um, and that a deal to get this thing happening is very nearing completion between Nintendo um, and then Universal slash 
Illumination. Illumination obviously then would be the studio handling the um, the animation side of things. Um, yeah, I mean, my thoughts on this are very similar to what they were before, in that I'm not. I've never played a Zelda game. I know, I know. Get mad at me Shocker. all you want. Um, so I don't have any like personal stake in them doing it. I'm certainly less excited for them doing that than I would be, um, you know, like a Smash Bros movie or something like that. Um, I also still, I also still think that you, you face a really difficult challenge in that I don't see, you know, as we've talked about, it is, there are routes you could take to do this film and not have Link talk. But I don't, I don't think that's the likely route. I think the route that you should take, you know, you reach the point where, all the fans are going to go, no, we don't want Link to talk. We don't want Link to talk. We don't want Link to talk. But these are fans. They're not filmmakers. They're not storytellers. And they don't necessarily... Like, they know what they want as a fan. And that usually doesn't go much further past, well, that's how it is in the video game. But, you know, you put this in the hands of people who are good at storytelling and who understand the ins and outs of like, okay, what do we have to do to actually make this an entertaining story that we can that we can put up on the big screen and people are going to track with? And my guess would be that that will involve Link having a speaking role in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be, I, you, yeah. you could do it where he doesn't speak, but you would have a far less compelling, interesting story. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's going to piss fans off. And not all fans, but it will piss some fans off. And you're going to have those fans, well, if Link talks and I'm not going to watch it. Okay. Okay, then don't. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I I don't know what to say. Then don't. Um, but I don't know. It, you, you're a little bit, I mean, just by the fact that I've never played one and don't give a crap. Um, you're <laughs> certainly a bigger Zelda fan than I am. Um, I sure. Just about everybody is. Uh, what, um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the idea that this is seeming like it is the next Nintendo Studios film that we're getting? I think it's exciting. I think as long as it's uh, the the the, um, the the as long as the film gives the IP the respect it kind of has garnered to respects the fans, it, it, it the way that Mario did is going to do fine. Also, as long as they don't hire. Um, what's his face that screwed up? Seth Rogen. Kong. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Keep, keep Seth Rogen's playing Link. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, as Can long, you like, imagine? We, I remember like when we, we talked about, 
how when we found out Chris Pratt was cast was going to voice Mario, mm-hmm. and the first trailer came out and it's like he doesn't sound like Mario. Like you've got the original actor in voice actor in the film. Why aren't you just using him? You know, there was there was a lot of kind of I don't know. This doesn't seem right. But you know, like Chris Pratt, you know did his research likely had long conversations with that original voice actor and made something amazing, right? Like he, he, he made it work and you don't hear anybody complaining about Chris Pratt as Mario. No, you hear people complaining about who played Donkey Kong, (laughs) but that's because that guy didn't give a crap. I'm sure there's some knuckle dragger out there that's still like, oh, Chris Pratt sucks. But yeah. for the but most part, like, the perception of the film who, was not who, Whoever that. voices Link, as long as that person kind of approaches that role with an air of, of this is important to people and I need to do it justice and do it right and, mm-hmm. and not make, make, not like make it my own within the confines of what it is not make it my own and just use my own voice you know what you know what i mean let not, <laughs> like give it some respect it, it'll be it'll be fine people yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have some people as it's being made who like us with mario we're gonna be like i don't know but then when it, when they see it when when it all comes together they're gonna love it as long as it's given the respect it deserves. So correct me if I'm wrong, um, but in most like depictions of Link in Zelda games, Link's a younger guy, right? He's like um, 18, he, 19, 20. There are, there are in a couple game, one of the big ones, uh, the Orcarina of Time, that's like one of the biggest, most kind yeah. of well-loved in the franchise. He, you start out as like a young kind of teenage link, but then because you're, there's some time travel shenanigans that happen in that game, you do become like an older teen, young adult link at the end. Okay, but still and not like we're not talking about a 45 year old hero. No, no, I, yeah. So I like we're we're talking about depending on kind of what like iteration of link. And they'll they'll probably do their own iteration. Oh, for sure. Uh, I would say you're you're looking at a link that's no older than twenty, maybe so. twenty three, twenty four. I wouldn't go any older than that. I don't know where what how old he is in the most recent games. I mean, quick Google search. The reason I ask is if you're if if. <laughs> What they decide to do is get someone like you could have had just about anyone voice Mario where they chose to go with some some name draw, right? They I wish they were I like, didn't wow, that. <laughs> we're gonna go. Okay, I don't want to know. We're gonna go He's with 125 um, in the most recent game. Okay, well, see, that's just <laughs> stupid. Um, but maybe he's like Grogu. <laughs> maybe. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, they decided to get Chris Pratt. Right, they they decided to put name and Jack Black and Seth Rogen and whoever else. They decided to put names in the film that 
our you know our our actors our our well-known hollywood actors are going to get some some pull because of who's in it <clears throat> yeah. i'm i'm making a prediction right now and it's not a prediction i feel confident about i'm not like oh this is definitely going to happen like just watch it and it's just here we go this is this is totally what it's going to be but i won't be surprised if link is voiced by someone like tom holland yeah. So here, this is better. Better. Um, so in Breath of the Wild, which was not the most recent Zelda game, but the one prior to it, he's seventeen. And I guess okay. spoiler alert for those that want to play it but haven't. He may. He. I guess he falls into kind of some kind of slumber at the end of the other one or the beginning of this one, and it's a hundred years long, which is why he's one hundred seventeen. So. Okay, but he still seems like he's 17. Yeah, so he's still technically 17, but 100 years has passed, and he's been in cryostasis or some weird Yeah, they Walt Disney'd him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's always a late teenager, early young adult, usually, in most, most of the games. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Tom Holland. That's my pick. Yeah. A young actor. You, I think you could even grab a teen actor that's even younger than Tom Holland. I think it'd be mm-hmm. fine. Yep. All right. Final topic. A topic that's near and dear to my heart, anyways. Um, the Batman. The Batman was a film that I was very excited for. The morons in the internet were like, oh, but it's the Twilight guy. There's a guy from <laughs> Twilight. He's going to ruin it. Uh, and he didn't ruin it. <laughs> because he is the guy from Twilight, but he is the guy from many other, other projects in which he's fantastic in. Um, and I quite liked him as Batman. I liked him in the film, The Batman. Um, you and I watched, I showed it to you for the first time back at Christmas and and you were like, oh, hot damn. <laughs> like, that's, that's a good movie. Um, yeah. And so one of the questions has been, where is the Batman 2? When is it coming? What are the story details going to be? Who's going to be the villain, right? We we got a little kind of tease of the Joker in the first Batman. So the question, I think, on a lot of people's mind was, is are we going to get the Batman versus the Joker? Um, I think there was a report, because the, the, the idea was always that this was going to be a trilogy. And I think I remember hearing something that the Joker was likely the plan for the third one. That they were going to tease him now. Maybe there's a tease in the second one. I don't maybe not. I don't know. But they were gonna kinda let that sit and 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 yeah. marinate. Well let's be honest. Joker's low hanging fruit. When it comes yes. to storyline and and script writing for a feature length film, that's it's 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 low hanging fruit. It's it, really easy. If you want to challenge yourself and do something different, you don't use Joker. <laughs> I I would agree, but I also and I know not everybody agrees with this. Joker is low hanging fruit, sure. And we've seen a Joker adaptation in every bat like every on screen Batman that we've seen has had a Joker. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, you know, so don't do 
don't do it this time. Just don't give us Joker. We don't need Joker. And I know I'm in the minority here. Well, maybe I'm not. I, I know there's a lot of people who disagree. But I would say I don't think you need to do Joker now. But I do think that in order for your... If you're going to do a trilogy... In order to get the fullest, most well-rounded version of your Batman story, that yin and yang, that dark versus darker, I was going to say light versus dark, but neither of them really fit that role, (laughs) Um, that, that, yeah, two sides of the same coin aspect you need to see Batman up against his greatest foe. There's a reason why Joker is... Because when Joker was created in the comics, he was not necessarily created to be Batman's biggest foe, his arch nemesis, his whatever. He was just another villain. He was a villain, for the villain of the week. And yeah. it kind of naturally became because there were many years that Joker was appearing in the comics and it still wasn't Batman and Joker. But naturally yeah. over time it became that because of the dichotomy between the two of them. Progressed into it. Yes. Because it 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 naturally evolved into that on its own because it is just he is the per, Joker is the perfect answer to Batman. And yeah. so I, I get a lot of people are saying, do the trilogy, don't have Joker as one of the villains, don't do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I say you don't need to introduce him right away. But I do think if you are going to have a complete Batman story, I don't think a Batman story, and I don't just mean like a Batman movie or like a Batman comic thing or whatever but i mean like the full story of batman if you're going to tell the full story of who robert pattinson's batman is over the course of three films you have to include the joker yeah because i would agree i would agree with you it would be like doing sherlock holmes without moriarty yes yeah It, it it it's you know he's still batman without joker but you won't see him you know, Bane is stronger, sure. The Riddler is smarter, sure. But nobody tests, no one is a bigger test to who Batman is and Batman's mission and Batman's goal to not kill and whatever it is than the Joker. Yeah, nobody pushes him more psychologically and in terms of his own personal beliefs. Yeah. So um, all of that, we haven't even introduced the news story here. So Joker, (laughs) what the hell? Um, It's looking like it's going to be- I want to add one more thing before we we move off the Joker here. Like, so I I agree with all of what you're saying. I think if they, that that you make the Joker kind of, more appealing and more menacing if you make him part of the third act as well. Oh yeah. 
right? Like you, we build up to them. We've been teased in the first Batman film. If so, if they if they do a little bit more than just tease him at the end of in the second film, like he he kind of there are signs of him doing things in the background. Yeah, but he's not the main focus. It's just like little pickup things, little um, Easter eggs and little tidbits here and there. Something in the Batcave, something on the street, uh, somebody talking about it. Uh, some some gangsters talking about how the Joker's causing X Y Z problems for their boss. But then, but you don't actually see him, right? You just you just hear about it. You kind of build that up to that crescendo. But yeah, anyway. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You end the second movie with Gotham PD radio chatter that there's been a riot at Arkham and the Joker's escaped. Yeah. But I think you got you got you got to sprinkle some of it throughout the film. Sure. Right? Cuz yeah. that would you, if you just do the radio chatter then you're just doing what you did in the first film. And I think you need to do it just a l- just a little bit more in the second mm-hmm. to really kind of hype it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but the one thing that is clear is that in this universe that Matt Reeves has created for Batman, any villain that you're going to have in the second one needs to be pretty grounded, right? Because it it, it is a more grounded, realistic universe that we're dealing with here. Obviously, that excludes people like Clayface. So you can't do Clayface, and and if you tried to do Clayface in a grounded way, it would be too much of a, a divergence from the character of Clayface that you might as well just not do Clayface. Um, a lot of people were talking about Mr. Freeze. And I do think there is, if you focused heavily on like the science and, you know, the whatever else, I do think, I do think that could be really good. Um, but definitely on the list of characters that you could do in a super grounded way uh, is Two-Face. And it looks like that is what we're getting. Now, some people are going to moan and groan. And I kind of did a little bit when I heard this, only because I was like, ah, but we've already had him twice. Yeah, We've already had him twice. Right? Aaron Eckert played him most recently. And before that was Tommy Lee Jones. After Billy D. Williams got slighted on the role, um, <laughs> having said that, I it, it it'll be interesting to see a new take on him, um, and I am okay. You know, I not that it's up to me or matters, but I'm okay with the idea of them doing. You know, I think I think Two Face fits this universe. Um, and it looks like the casting choices are down to two people to fill the role. Now, two people, as far as we know, there is a very good chance that it was narrowed down to one of these people two months ago. And that's just a behind the scenes thing that, you know, we just simply don't know about yet. Um, but these two people are Josh Hartnett, who I have looked up because I was not familiar with the name right away. Really? Uh, yeah. What do you know him wow. from? Okay. Lucky number oh, what seven. What do you know him from? Lucky number Lucky seven. Lucky number seven. I own it. This is such an amazing film. Oh, it actually is Slevin. I thought you were just having a stroke. No. Lucky number Slevin. Slevin. 
from when you when, when you and Pete were doing uh, the movie Seven. I thought you guys were mispronouncing the title of that film. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I was like listening to it. And I was just like, I started writing you guys a, a a Facebook message, be like, "Dude, you guys are pronouncing it wrong. What the heck's the matter with you? This that's not what happens. This is what." <laughs> and then I realized it's a completely different film. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but um, no, okay, he's awesome. He's, in, he's a great actor. He's in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Sin City. Okay, he's, he's Black Hawk Down. Okay, all right. So you, this yeah. is a name you're familiar with. He's um, he's awesome. I okay. I really like him. So he's my he's, my favorite role of him is in Lucky Number Eleven. He he's yeah, it's so good. All right, so he's I, he's choice number. If you want one. to get to know him, I recommend that film. The second name that is appearing on this list is Joel Edgerton, who, if you're not familiar, this one I did know. This one I didn't have to, you know. Uh, he plays our young in the prequels and the Obi-Wan series, so on and so forth. He is Uncle Owen. Um, cousin Owen. Stepbrother Owen. <laughs> Stepbrother well, Owen. yeah, he's still, I mean, in Obi-Wan, he's Uncle Owen. Yeah. Because we got Obi-Wan, Luke back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, step stepbrother Sorry, sorry, my dad bought your mom, Owen. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still so weird. Um, but yeah, he's Uncle Owen. It's probably his most note. Like going back through the list here, probably his most recognizable role as far as like pop culture goes um, would be Uncle Owen. Um, I really like him, and so for he the, would be my choice. Two Face, yeah. Only because really? I don't know the other guy. Well, only because I don't know the I other guy. If it's down go, between these two. So I've seen the stuff they're both in, and I would go with Josh Hartnett over. Okay. I mean, I, I'll have to, I got to take your word for it, right? I don't. I, I would uh, do it. I'd do it for two reasons. One, I think he could pull the better, the uh, pull the job over up. Uh, do a better job of portraying the role. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you sound like you're in. trying to turn this into a bank heist. Yeah, pull the job over. <laughs> Based on what I've seen him in, I think Josh Harnett could portray the role better. Okay. As an actor. And two, I think Josh Harnett looks like more of a pretty boy, which would mm. really pronounce that two-faced. Like you wouldn't have to do a whole lot to the other half to make 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 the two this the the kind of contrast between the left side and right side of two-face. Yeah, just give him like a real hairy mole or something. Where where Joel is kind of like a more um gruff uh looking kind of handsome yeah yeah both handsome yeah D- different different but jo- josh is more of like kind of a pretty boy look i think yeah which um, which to me just kind of sells the district attorney look more than the other one okay so you've uh, so you've already you've already said which one of these two you prefer, but what are your thoughts in general about Two Face being our villain for the second Batman film? Is there a different villain that you think you could do in just as much a grounded way that you would rather see instead? And question number three, I'm just piling them on you here. Um, if it weren't down between these two actors, is there an actor you have in mind that you think would do a better job altogether as Two Face? Uh man, I I need more time to think about the number three to answer that one. Um, 
But I think Two Face. What was the second question? Um, is there a different villain that you think they could do hmm. just as grounded that you would rather have grounded than Two Face? Oh man, um, Kite Man. i mean that would still be like because that's the other thing too right is you yes batman's got this like more niche rogues gallery that you could dive into but i think that's the that's the wrong move for a big film like this you really want to get someone that people are familiar with the comics in recent years have taken a lot of these like lesser known villains who are kind of like jokes even in the comics like they're easily taken down at the beginning of the comic storyline and then we get to the main antagonist like kite man and they've given them really deep and intriguing stories like kite and kite man's the example here like i haven't read it but i've i've i know of how they've kind of dove into kite man's story in the comics and they've they made it kind of really intriguing from what i understand so like cinema has the opportunity to take these kind of lesser known quick beat them up here villains and giving them something really and doing something really intriguing with them but yeah it's not going to sell tickets as much as no a joker <laughs> yeah uh, that being said, it, an alternate to to um, Two Face, I think, is still being grounded. You could do uh, Pig would be yeah. pretty Professor grounded Pig. and really interesting, uh, especially for that universe. Um, you could do um, Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just using cool. like hallucinogenics yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I think yeah, there's there's definitely options. Two Face, yeah. I think I think it's a fine choice. Like we've seen him twice, but he's never been like the main the main antagonist. In mm-hmm. in Zack Snyder's no, it's not Zack Snyder, sorry. Um <laughs> Christopher Nolan's. Christopher Nolan, thank you. Christopher Nolan's uh, Two Face. He he's Harvey Dent for like two thirds of the movie. It's not till the third yeah, act. Yeah, he doesn't he show up as Two Face to the last act. And he's and not he's really Two Face long enough to really have an impact. It's more him becoming Two Face for that short time that is the yeah. impact. It's more what Joker has done to him that's the impactful thing there. Even, uh, and then you go back to um, the two face we got in the '90s, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, very comic book accurate two face. But really, Riddler's story was the forefront of the antagonists. There, Tommy oh, Lee sure. Jones two face was more just a catalyst from the beginning. Yeah. For, for and he was the antagonist. He, for, as an he was the muscle because Riddler yeah. in that film but couldn't throw a punch. We never we outside of Two Face being gangster, a gangster. We don't get any storyline. Like, there's no 
plot development for Two-Face. There's no character growth for Two-Face. You know, Two-Face is who he is at the beginning and end of that film. He's not he's not really the main antagonist. He's just he he's he plays sidekick to the main antagonist really, which is Riddler. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. Um so we haven't really, even though we've seen him twice, we haven't really dove into who Rid, who Two Face is, and who, why, why, like outside of Christopher Nolan's, why, how he became the way he is, and why he's got flips the coin, and you know what I mean. Right. Like, there's a lot I of think, meat left on the bone still. Yes, exactly. That's the point I'm getting to. There's there's lots of story to be told there. Mm-hmm. And it's really good story to be told as well. So, yeah, I think I think it's a fine choice for a main antagonist from beginning to end. Cool. No, I would agree. I think um, I think it, ultimately I was on board. I had some reservations, but honestly, I think you've you have turned me even more. Um, yeah, I don't have any reservations of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the news. That, that, that's all. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed below. Um, our Patreon page is a great way to support the show for as little as a dollar a month. It's like nothing. It's nothing. Nothing to you. It's a lot for us. So so uh, please consider it. You also get a lot of wicked perks, access to exclusive um, exclusive content, some fun videos that we put up there. There's Carl singing a song about, I don't even remember, but loading? Waiting? waiting? What were you singing I was about? waiting for you. You waiting. were doing something. Waiting. Yeah. Um, so do all that. And then we have a merch page. T-shirts, stickers, water bottles, mugs, all kinds of stuff. Actually, someone just sent in a, um, an image the other day of their first drink out of their Movie Men coffee mug. So that was, um, you know, we're helping helping caffeinate the world. One, there you go. One coffee mug at a time. Um, and uh, check out all our other episodes. There's, uh, there's like 300 of them. There's like, oh, there's so much. Uh, and uh, I can, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag about something that's coming up. Ooh. With Carl and I. I don't like cats. Something that's never been done before. <clears throat> Carl and I. So on on the Movie Men podcast, it's it's a regular occurrence that Pete and I will pick a franchise. We kind of work through those that franchise movie by movie. Um, sometimes we have like a special ranking system for it. Sometimes we don't, but we just kind of you know we work through it slowly but surely. And um, that's always been a me and Pete thing. But now Carl. Jumping into the ring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So starting very shortly, Carl and I are going to begin working through the John Wick franchise. Have you seen any of them? Sorry? Have you you seen any of the John Wick films? Uh, I've seen three of them. The, The fourth one's coming out, isn't it? The fourth one? Uh, it's already, yeah, it was in theaters. It like yeah, okay. broke all So I haven't seen the fourth and, one yeah. yet. That's the only okay. one I haven't seen. Okay. 
So I haven't seen any of them. So it'll be an interesting, um, it's going to be interesting. I'm not the biggest Keanu Reeves fan. And I'm not an immediate diehard action junkie. But I am very interested in uh, figuring out what all the hubbub is about. So stay tuned for that. Because, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll probably be a lot of me going, oh, that was stupid. And Carl will be like, yeah, but it was amazing. (laughs) If you want to get yourself, if you want to get yourself hyped up for it without watching a lot of trailers or something, and this goes for you and anybody who wants to follow along as we watch and talk about them, just watch some YouTube videos of Keanu Reeves training for John Wick. Just like go to YouTube and search Keanu Reeves training john wick or something like that and the, the videos just watching those videos is insane <laughs> like yeah the lengths he went to oh man to, cool. to become this character <sighs> yeah so well cool. that's it's probably nothing compared to the physical workout and lengths that i go through just to do this podcast <laughs> <laughs>